0: has always been an issue that inflames passions.
1: We're going to hopefully get a lot of people coming in, and they're all going to come in legally. Hello, and welcome to All Roads Lead Here, a project documenting immigration stories, immigration activism, immigration resources, and immigration law. I'm your host, Daniel Roque, and I'm here joined by my guest, Fumi Ogumbufumi. Hey, how are Hi, you?
0: Warren. Thank you for having me.
1: Oh, thank you for coming well, thank on. Thank you for coming on. <laughs> how's, uh, how's, uh, how's everything been? Uh, everything
0: um, everything's been going well. Medical school is going fine. It's definitely different due to COVID. Like all my classes are online. So it's definitely a different experience, but it's I'm still grateful. <laughs> I'm grateful for the opportunity and grateful for just being in medical school.
1: Yeah, I remember uh, seeing everything on Instagram and seeing how, uh, you know, like everything you're doing. And I was just like, wow, that's like amazing what she's going through. So I wanted to get you on for that reason, because you're doing big things.
0: <laughs> Thank you.
1: So I wanted to start with uh, just a basic instru- introduction. How old are you and where are you from?
0: Um, I'm 24 years old and I'm from Nigeria.
1: Oh, Awesome. So if you could describe to me, what was life back for you back in Nigeria? Like, what were some of the daily memories you have of, like, living there? For I believe uh, we spoke earlier, you said about 17 years of your life?
0: Yeah, like, so I basically grew up in Nigeria. I lived my whole life in Nigeria, and then I came to the U.S. for college. Um, I think my parents tried to make sure I got the best education possible to give me... um, just basically give me an avenue to make something for myself, basically give me the best of life and give me opportunities that would um, basically equip me to become a competitive applicant to U.S. universities and come here and succeed here. So in Nigeria, I attended an American um, elementary, middle and high school, and it basically followed the American curriculum and it Gave me a great foundation academic-wise, uh, academically, that let me come to the US and start college. And so I came here when I was 17. Um, I went to the University of Rochester in upstate New York, where I majored in cell and developmental biology and health behavior and society. And then um, I, after I graduated, I did a two-year master's program where we met at NYU. <laughs> And then after that, I'm currently at the Miller School of Medicine in Miami, um, pursuing a medical degree.
1: That's really amazing. I want to touch back on uh that experience you had in Nigeria. How was it uh or did you ever feel maybe a little different attending an American school growing up in a place where I assume, I'm not sure that the majority of people don't attend schools like that. Was it different to you? Was a uh, was it uh did it affect you in any way?
0: Yeah, I'd definitely say it was a very different experience than, you know, the average Nigerian. And I would definitely say there was a lot of privilege involved with that. And so um, I always mentioned that, like going to a school like that, and then maybe like looking outside, I was able to see like the flip, the two sides of privilege, you know, I'm privileged to attend this institution. And, um, you know, if you go beyond that not many people it's not common for people to attend these schools in Nigeria so it's definitely something I was grateful for and grateful to my parents for putting me in that kind of institution and when I say that um I always say that like I recognize the privilege I had in attending such an institution and I don't take it lightly because when I look into Nigeria and look at certain social issues it's probably this is probably what pushed me also to pursue public health in undergrad and pu- public health in my masters is seeing that yes there's a lot of privilege in nigeria there's a lot of money in nigeria but at the flip side there're also a lot of avenues to help and so seeing that I was privileged and I've been able to witness a lot of you know issues that we could fix with healthcare with you know social injustice, right now we have something going on with um, police brutality in Nigeria, and just seeing these social issues and seeing that you know yes I have the privilege to come to the U.S. and you know build myself up, but then there are all these issues back home that I could work on. So for me personally, I thought it was important to use the privilege I've had in you know being able to attend these good institutions to better educate myself about these issues and give myself the skills and competencies that will better, you know, equip me to, you know, work on these issues back home. And with medicine, medicine was definitely my passion, but I also realized that, yes, if I go back home and, you know, start an NGO or maybe open a few clinics, it doesn't really solve all the issues without under, understanding that there are these underlying issues, there are cost issues, there are access issues, um, and really understanding how these play into how people access care. And so with public health in college and public health in the master's level. I was able to, you know, attend all these meetings with the UN, see how all these factors play into health and really understand how I want to direct what I do in life and how, how to make, be, a, um, be better, be better at what I hope to do eventually.
1: That's, uh, I really like how you said that. And I like how you have this uh, uh, personality of wanting to give back to your community. Mm-hmm. Do you feel in any way that I um, uh, any experiences you've had in Nigeria have shaped that, or was that just always part of your personality?
0: I think both. I definitely think that just how I was raised, my parents are very grounded people and they've just tried to raise my brother and me to be very um, very grounded people as well and you know treat people well, be good people and I think as well you know growing up in Nigeria, it's unless you turn a blind eye, you have to recognize that there are there are a lot of privileges that come with, you know, maybe being financially well off and, and also realizing that the, a lot of people don't live, might not have access to the same resources that you do. If you drive down, you might see people like not, you know, kids your age, not in school because they have to work to fend for their families, you know, there's an unequal distribution of wealth and you see all these things and how it impacts people's lives. And I think one thing with me is I I'm, I think I'm very empathetic and I, I see these things and it really, these things actually get to me. And I think in seeing that, I realize that, yes, if I have these privileges, why not, you know, trickle, let, let them trickle down and make people's lives better? And seeing that, you know, governments don't always do the things they're supposed to they don't always provide the resources they say they're supposed to to their populations and a lot of people end up suffering because of it i realized that you know this is something i really that's really near and dear to my heart so i really want to work on these issues
1: yeah i i can see that it, with everything you do even from uh when we were in school together it seemed that you had this passion to just make life better for mm-hmm. people and i really uh I really admire that about you. So (laughs) what made you want to immigrate?
0: Um, I think it was always like in the cards because I attended an American institution. So I always knew I was going to come to the U S for college because I, it was an American school. So I, you know, the curriculum just followed the, you know, the American curriculum. So I knew I was going to come here. But depending on, I didn't know how long I was going to stay in the U.S. And I think initially when I left Nigeria, I always thought maybe after college, I would come back and maybe work in Nigeria. And I think, you know, the more I stayed in the U.S., the more I realized that there there were more opportunities for me here and there were other things I wanted to do, other skills I wanted to build. And there was definitely more I could accomplish if I stayed in the U.S. longer. So I stayed longer and then (laughs) I did the master's. And now that I'm in medical school, I'll probably end up staying, you know, longer for residency, maybe practice here for a little longer as well. So I think it was just a decision that, you know, I just... The more I got exposed to different ideas and possibilities, the longer I decided to stay in the U.S.
1: And when you decided to come, what did that uh, immigration process look for you? I know some people I've spoken to have had a tough time with immigration, specifically um uh, getting uh, being able to come to the country. You know, did you have any difficulties associated with that, or was it relatively easy?
0: Uh, it wasn't difficult because I was already a dual citizen, so it wasn't necessarily difficult but I guess it looked different for me because I was the only one from my family coming here at the time I was so I basically came here on my own and I do have extended family in the U.S. but I think it's just different when you know you come here on your own and then it's also different learning the culture in the U.S. Because I think one thing I had to learn when I moved to the US is about, you know, racial differences that exist in the US. Because in Nigeria everybody's black. And when you come to the US, yes, I'm still black. I didn't change that I'm black, but you know, it's be what being black um is here is very different from what being black is in Nigeria and understanding that, you know, people respond to you differently because you're black here and When I first got here, I was oblivious to a lot of things just because I had never experienced these things. And why would I? I lived in a country that was predominantly Black. And so when you come here, it's different because, you know, some people doubt your academic potential because you're Black or you have an accent or, you know, they assume, you know, you came here illegally or they assume, you know, they assume a lot of things because you're Black. And a lot of things I didn't realize until I guess I educated myself on these social issues. And I re- some things that were microaggressions I didn't pick up on until I was here for longer. And I always use this example. Um, there's this book called Americana. And I remember um, by Chimamanda. And I read it once when I was in high school. And I read it again when I was in college. And I think the perspective I had while reading the book was so different because when I was reading it in Nigeria, I was reading it as somebody who had never been exposed to these social issues. So when she was describing them, I couldn't really understand the magnitude of the issues she was explaining and um, writing about in the book. And then when I moved here, I think I had such a different perspective because I could finally relate to the character in the book and I could see why she emphasized race in the book and emphasized what being Black in America really was in the book.
1: Yeah, I think you touching on that is something that uh, it's a shared experience, of course, specifically with uh, people who, you know, look like you. This country doesn't, uh, for one reason reason or another, uh, chooses to treat people who look darker or black differently. So I wanted to ask you, uh, when you first came back, what was like one of your experiences or your first experience of you being treated differently because of that? And then I'm going to follow up with another question, but I really want to touch on that first.
0: Um, I think, well, the two that come to my head is I think this was during my freshman year. I think I was going for a jog and I think a driver came, like she I don't know what was wrong with her, but basically she hit the runner right in front of me. So when she hit the runner, the runner, you know, fell down. And so I obviously stayed with the runner. We called 911 and I'm right beside the runner. She's also right right beside the runner. She's crying. The car is parked. And when the police came, they immediately came to me and they asked me how fast was I driving? And they didn't ask who was who the driver was or who, you know, who saw what happened. They came to me. And they asked me, how fast were you driving? And I found, I, I didn't pick up on that until I think I mentioned that to someone else. Like, oh, it's so interesting how they assumed, you know, I was the driver. And they were like, you know, you know, this was this a microaggression, you know, they just assumed you were because you were black, even though there was a historic, you know, hysterical, you know, white lady that was, you know, beside the runner, you know, crying with car keys in her hand. They came to me asking me how fast I was driving. And I think same thing with, and the classroom because I was a STEM major. Sometimes when you're in small groups, you find your voice being drowned. Sometimes people feel like um, you have to, like I found myself having to speak up more because I felt like sometimes people didn't value what I had to say, had to say, and they wouldn't think I had something of substance to say sometimes. And I remember there was a time where I had covered a material the material we're going over in another class. So basically I knew pretty much um, everything we're talking about at the the, for the group project and I was trying to you know tell my peers oh this is how this goes and everybody was just talking over me and nobody wanted to listen to what I had to say and when we came to the presentation and people were asking questions my group didn't know what to say my group because, you know, they weren't experts in the field. All they did was, you know, maybe a week's worth of research, whereas I did, like, a whole course on this. So when they were asking questions, the only person who was able to answer the questions was me. And I realized, you know, this is something else, you know, I have to deal with, you know, always having to speak up and, you know, prove that, yes, I know what I'm talking about.
1: I think I'm a, a women, specifically Black women, tend to always have to show that they're twice as capable as anyone else. You know, it's like a... Yeah. It's a curse because it's like you always have to be on your game, and I was wondering, Emma, One, before we go into that, what are your goals for the future? And within those goals, what do you feel any pressure uh, being your identity and having to deal with that? Uh, wh- like having to deal with that and accomplishing your goals.
0: Um. So I think my goals are like I'm still open to specialties and. You know, medicine, but I definitely see whatever I'm doing having a large scale impact in Nigeria and also minority populations in the U.S. I definitely want to improve people's lives, the quality, their quality of lives. I want to work to address health disparities in the U.S. and also help. I also want to do something along the lines of creating opportunities for people mainly women as well in Nigeria, either through entrepreneurship or, you know, whatever I could do to empower people, because I always talk about the unequal distribution of wealth and I don't think that's fair. So whatever I do, I definitely want to create those opportunities back home. And onto your second question, I do feel sometimes as a black woman, it's, you know, it's, you're one woman and you're black. And sometimes people doubt your abilities but I think how you know my brother and I were raised. We we were never taught to. We were always taught that you could do whatever you wanted. It was just based on your own capabilities. So race, gender, you know, none of that mattered. And I think it was also because we were raised in a country outside the U.S., where I didn't grow up with these with a, the oppression that happens in the U.S. Because you know, when you're in the U.S., you know, every from you know the moment you walk, you start to walk or the moment you even get born you know it's you start facing these social issues and i think an advantage i had fortunately or unfortunately really growing up somewhere else where i didn't have to go through these social pressures and i think it helped shape my you know how i think and and that's why i also really want to work on addressing health disparities in the us and also I, i'm and that's another reason why I'm involved in mentorship in the U S because seeing how, you know, you can't deny that there are unequal opportunities for black people in the U S and you can't deny that black people in the U S have to go through so much to accomplish the same things that, you know, their white counterparts do. And, you know, it's not being race, It's not people, you know, making up issues. This, this, these are the facts. And, for me, I really think that it's really important for me to just, like I say, like address these things however I can. So I do that through mentorship. I do that through, um, I don't know, like posts I post on my blog, you know, conversations like these, because it's, you know, you're, Black people not being doctors is not because they're less intelligent or less hardworking. It's because of these opportunities and sometimes lack of representation as well and if you can't see it you know you start to believe that oh i can't i can't be a doctor i can't be this because there aren't black doctors or we're not smart enough to do these things and so that's why i really try and work on representation mentorship and you know things like that
1: i believe representation really matters because i'm a someone maybe in the future can see you a successful doctor and then that can inspire them to also pursue mm-hmm. that i think a lot of people uh misunderstand or maybe not misunderstand but they don't give representation the importance that it it truly deserves
0: and i, I was asking yeah too.
1: yeah especially if you're an immigrant
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's right, yeah especially in your case because yeah immigrant black woman that's multiple <laughs> things kind of against you,
0: mm-hmm. you
1: still manage to succeed and that's truly amazing yeah. i was wondering if you thought that within the field of medicine specifically, are there any outwardly or, you know, obvious uh, racial issues? And if so, how do we go about getting rid of those or mitigating them?
0: Hey, I definitely agree that there are a lot of issues within medicine itself. Like if you look at the health disparities that exist, you know, it's part of these racial issues. If you look at maternal mortality amongst Black women, you know, it's part of the racial issues. And I think in part, it's because if some physicians have these biases that impacts the quality of care they give minority populations. And that manifests itself in the, you know, outcomes you see from these minority populations. And I think one thing my my medical school is good at is they really do a lot of training. We have this course where we have all these discussions and we have to read a lot of papers and we have class discussions. And I think it's really important for physicians to be aware that, you know, sometimes you do have these biases and these biases are not okay. If you're going to be treating Black patients, these biases are not okay because it'll impact how you treat these patients, which will manifest into these the figures we see on the daily about how Black people have worse health outcomes than white people. It's, you know, sometimes it's not necessarily because Black people have worse off diets or Black people are X or Y. It's because, you know, we have physicians with these biases. And I think it's also really important to have, A lot of black doctors as well because when you have black doctors they're aware of these issues and the way black doctors treat black patients is very different from the way you know what a white doctor might treat this patient with you know and i think it's really important to increase the number of you know minority minorities going into medicine for the sake of these issues
1: yeah i also tremendously agree and i'm actually very happy that we have someone who uh, Thinks just like you, or in your, this case, you going into this field, you know, because you can make the changes from within the inside.
0: Yeah.
1: That's really amazing. I want to ask you one final question. So then, uh, so I can let you go. And I'm sure you're very busy with your schedule. <laughs> so this is a question I asked to all my guests. And if it, it's the question, if you could give one piece of advice to someone about to immigrate or maybe someone who's new to this country, what would it be?
0: Um, I think i two pieces of advice. It, it's a, it's very different from home. Um, and you being identifying as, you know, like for me being identifying as black was very different for me identifying as black here. And it's, it, it will be difficult for you. Some days are easier than others, but it will be a transition and it won't always be an easy transition, but, um, It does get easier, but it's important to be aware of these social issues, not because, not only because it's important for you to be aware of what you've, how people perceive you, but just for your own, you know, safety and well-being, knowing what, you know, your skin color now means in this new country, because there are certain things that I would have been oblivious to you know, maybe four years, five years back, but which could be potentially dangerous for me. And now just knowing more about the social dynamics in the U.S. and understanding race, um, it's very, it's very important to just be aware of these, these issues. And also, if you find yourself in a position of privilege, be cognizant of what your position represents, because, you know, it's, easy to get into a position of power and not realize that some of the words you're taking can you're you're speaking can be taken and used against a population that you represent and i don't want to you know call any names but it's easy to see that a successful black man who's unaware of social issues saying certain things and that being used as bible truth for all black people so it's very important to be aware of your position and what um the significance of the position you hold
1: those are very uh, powerful words and very, very true. I think going back on uh, our conversation about representation, what you said yeah. at the end is uh, really true because you could have a position of power. But if, you don't, if you're not aware or maybe uh, you don't know about the social issues, you end up representing your people, but in a bad way. Mm-hmm. And that's not good for anybody. So with all that being said, I want to thank you for sharing your story. That's all the time we have. And to our audience, remember. We're all immigrants from somewhere. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Of course. Thank you.